Welcome everyone to the Everything But The Video Games Gaming Podcast by GamerGen, where we focus on the amazing people and life-changing powers of video games. Uh, today I'm joined by uh, CEO and founder of Triple Clicks, uh, Chris Erb. Th- Chris, uh, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself, I guess your background of how you got into the industry as a whole, and what is Triple Clicks? Uh, sure. So, uh, Triple Clicks is a video game marketing agency. We've been around for about five years. Prior to this, uh, I spent uh, almost 20 years in the gaming space. So, I worked at Wizards of the Coast back in the late 90s, early 2000s, running brands like Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, left Wizards after a while and landed at Electronic Arts and spent 10 years running kind of the Madden franchise and then running all the EA Sports brand. Uh, so, that was kind of the the history of kind of the gaming background. Uh, yeah, after I left EA, I went to Legendary Pictures and was the head of theatrical marketing for Legendary. Did that for a couple of years, but really wanted to get back into gaming. So I started uh, Triple Clicks and we really kind of do partnership marketing and lifestyle marketing for the video game agency. So mm-hmm. from working with brands like Xbox and Warner Brothers and, and kind of help bring games uh, to life through partnerships. And then we also work with brands like Kellogg's and Mondelez um, and help them kind of get into the gaming space. The, the key word that really jumped out at me there when you described it was like the, the lifestyle space. I guess, how would you, what do you define as kind of like that gamer lifestyle space? What does that look like? And then I guess, what does that feel like, you know, from both the consumer standpoint and then from maybe people who are running brands eager to get into gaming? Yeah, I mean, I think there's two things. There's partnerships, which is your Taco Bell, Doritos, Mountain Dew, Monster Energy Drinks. That's kind of what I mean by partnership side. Mm-hmm. And then the lifestyle side is more of kind of collaborative nature. So, you know, when you look at culture right now, like we're all shoe collectors and we all like certain brands. And there's just, there's definitely an overlap. The gaming audience is so broad like everybody kind of plays games right 95 percent of gen z plays video games 90 percent of millennials play video games so the idea that like travis scott loves video games and russell wilson likes video games like just athletes and musicians and so everybody that's gaming kind of has this cultural kind of connection around the world mm-hmm. how do we collaborate you know gamers love um they love doritos but they also love nikes so how do we kind of, when, when we're launching video game brands, how do we bring kind of culturally relevant conversations into the shoe space, right? Like everybody's kind of doing collabs, whether it be with Undefeated um, or Nike or Adidas or, or all those. So it's really about kind of using those markets as a marketing kind of pillar. Movies do a good job of it. I think video games are starting to do a better job of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we do kind of hip cool things that kind of bring video game conversations into that kind of space? Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, growing up, you know, I was still very much in the grew up in the neighborhood where like I was uncool for really making my whole life about video games and for loving video games and everything. With that obviously changing, I mean, you just name drop Travis Scott, Russell Wilson, like like it's like obviously video games are cool. People who still can't get over the fact that now the one thing that they held dear to themselves in like high school and middle school is all of a sudden mainstream and that hurts them for some reason. How do you think we can maybe collectively overcome that sense of, of, of gatekeeping, not just from like an individual in a community standpoint, but maybe from more of these collaborations, more of these sort of broader cultural movements? Yeah, I think it's a good question. It 
you know, I think gaming's one of it. It's just a generational thing. Like I grew up, I'm old. I grew up like an, I had an Atari 2600 when I was a kid, but my parents didn't. So they didn't grow up on gaming, but my parents had a TV when they were a kid and their grandparents didn't. Right. Mm. So like, my grandparents were asking like for a phone in the house and my parents were asking for a TV in the house and I was asking for a video game console in the house. So I think generationally it's different. I've got 10 year old twin boys um, and they stream on Twitch, right? They, they could, you know, they, get wins constantly in Fortnite and have 10 to 12 kill matches. And they're really talented and they're 10, right? When I was 10, I was playing combat on 2600. And the idea of being able to stream my game to other people, like just wasn't like that wasn't in anybody's head. So I think things change culturally. And, you know, I, we work on Dungeons and Dragons, which is a great game. Like when I was a kid, that was a, you know, you were kind of shamed for playing that. That was kind of a basement thing. But you, know, you see, like a somebody like Joe Manganiello, yeah. who's like a big movie star, who was the captain of the football team, but was also like the like the DM of his of his game and is passionate about the stuff. Deborah to, and Wolf, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And so they used to fight that back in the day, and now Stranger Things is based on um, is based on Dungeons and Dragons. Like uh, you know, Rick and Morty is they they bring video games in, they bring. Dungeons and Dragons into it. So you're seeing a pe- like the people who create content also grew up in this generation. So it's just, a t- it just takes time for, mm. for people to kind of, you know, the people that are fighting against it are just very protective of the space that they love and they don't want to see it kind of watered down. And I, I appreciate that, but I also think that things becoming mainstream that it, it you know, there's more access and, and more shareability. I mean, I think the world is right now about kind of like one culture and one generation and like, we're all kind of in this thing together. And so, I would think that about gaming is just how do we collaboratively be excited about programs? What's specific about gaming marketing, about marketing for games uh, in your eyes? Yeah, I think when, uh, so when I was running EA, um, I had to do all the, like the Doritos, like I used to pick the cover of Madden myself and two or three other people, we'd pick the cover of Madden and then we wanted to let consumers do it. And we went to Doritos and was like, hey, would you let, you know, Dorito fans pick the cover of Madden? And they would be like, why would we do that? So like they, you know, they weren't into gaming 10 years ago and now they do a ton of video game promotions. Right. So the mark, as the culture starts to shift, so does the people who are kind of managing the marketing now that the scale gets bigger and bigger. So, you know, I, I think from, from my perspective, I went to legendary pictures and, you know, when I got there, there's 10,000 agencies that were doing promotions for movies. Um, and there's no real agency that were doing video game promotions. Right. Even though the video game, industry is twice the size of the movie and music industries combined and, and those kind of things. So it was just kind of a like, Oh, well, if no one's doing this, I really want to kind of um, do the things that I love and do it for a broader audience. Like we're launching cyberpunk, mm-hmm. all the partners that we're building with rockstar and a bunch of partners we haven't announced yet, but there's a, a ton of cool rockstar stuff coming um, with, with cyberpunk and there's a bunch of other brands and then we're doing the, the halo launch and the Xbox launch. So it's really kind of about, you know, working directly with the studios to, to find ways like, like movies, like people are used to the marketing in movies and mm. they're starting to hopefully get used to the marketing in video games. Um, I think there's, there's a bit of a difference. I think what's important for us is when, you know, when you see a movie promotion and you see things in stores, it's usually like Spider-Man's on the bag of chips, but you, there's nothing really there for you to do. Whereas, you know, the young generation and kids, um, you know, they're buying, used to buying harvesting tools and, and dances and skins in Fortnite, right? What mm-hmm. if you got that for free from the product that you love? So, you know, if I buy a can of 
monster energy drinks, I would get, you know, some XP that I would normally pay for or something else. So instead of giving your money directly to the publishers, what if you bought the products that you love and you still got that same content? And so everybody kind of wins from there, right? The, the video game companies get the marketing, the, you know, the energy drinks get the sales and the consumers get something for free for buying the products that they love. So for us, the marketing has always been about how do we be, you know, consumer first, gamer first, give cool stuff to the consumers that they love, but do it in a way that kind of helps the the business side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than just using kind of products like a billboard for movies that says coming soon, how do we kind of give value um, to the consumers and, and make them feel like they're part of kind of the concession? Like you're going to give me your eyeballs and, and you're, you're going to pay attention to us and you deserve something. And so mm-hmm. how do we give value back to the consumers? Yeah. And I know in, you said in, in, a, in a seminar you spoke at, you know, that the microtransaction sort of skin economy, uh, you know, the, the idea of rewards past purchasing the initial gameplay, a huge part in that. Uh, do you see do you see that evolving in any way other than like, hey, here's how we can reward a player with some cosmetics? Yeah, I mean, I think it just depends on what, how we're trying to connect to the consumer. I mean, it's really about value, whether that's XP or skins or, you know, Taco Bell. We have a Taco Bell promotion in place right now, so you can yep. buy it soft drink at taco bells and you're automatically going to get it we're giving away a t- uh, an xbox every 15 minutes 24 hours a day so for a doll- for a taller taco bell drink you're getting a chance to get an act an xbox right yeah. the value that we're giving consumers there is access like you yeah. can't do pre-orders right now so instead of keeping all the xboxes and selling them for pre-orders microsoft's doing a great thing and they're giving a grip of them to taco bell the kids can win and not have to pay for. So mm-hmm. I think for Xbox, I think it's great because they've, t- you know, they're going to run out of consoles instead of selling them all for money and being focused on kind of just cash. They are kind of trying to find ways to, to kind of hook up their consumers and they do it through a partner like Taco Bell, who will kind of fund the media to tell people about it. Mm. Um, so I, I think, you know, it depends on what value you're thinking about, you know, and that, in that kind of experience, it's about access to something. When you talk about skins and things on kind of energy drinks, I think that's kind of instead of having to spend on the digital technology, how do you how do you kind of get it for free? Um, and then there's like kind of content or tournaments, like you see a lot of people running tournaments, brands running tournaments to kind of get things. I think you know Hollister launched Crash Bandicoot last yep. year. And there's kind of gear at yep. the stores. Couldn't I mean, grab it. I missed that cut drop. I was really yeah. upset. <laughs> It was, uh, it was like the fastest selling shirt they've ever sold. So, I mean, it's just like kind of like, listen, if you really want to touch Gen Z in that, in that audience, um, gaming is a passion point for them. And so how do you do cool things that earn, uh, earn that credit? You know, you don't want to end up on Reddit with people talking about you because you gave a bad experience. How do we mm-hmm. really kind of authentically connect with these consumers and, and give them something of value and make it kind of cool and, and memorable? Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, like, I don't want to assume, but like, I have to like like this must have been very different when you were working at Wizards of the Coast like in the late '90s, early 2000s culturally, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you had social media and those kind of things back then, and so it was actually marketing is easier now. I mean, when I ran Madden, when I first the first Madden one is we'll put out a screenshot when we want to put out a screenshot, and we'll put out a video when we want to put out a video, and then you know, GameSpot will tell you that our game's coming and excited. Like it was just kind of mm. such. A, it was controlled by like the media, right? Like five or six people are going to be able to control the messaging and you have to work through that kind of system. You used to pay a million dollars to have a poster in GameStop. Um, 
Like we don't need to have a million dollars to buy a poster in GameStop. Now you can literally go online and talk to anybody you want on Twitter or on TikTok or on Instagram, right? So I think the advantage is for the smaller studios who like I don't have I couldn't afford to buy the front window of GameStop, then awesome. Like there's social media. There's ways that you can kind of organically connect and grow. So I think the the opportunity to market in different ways is really big. And then I think the big companies that can't afford those things still need to find authentic ways to, to, to kind of connect to consumers, right? How do you, how are you kind of giving them behind the scenes access? How are you kind of bringing them into the fold? How are you letting them pick features and play through that stuff? So I think giving consumers the voice to talk directly to the publishers, I think is really important. And then I think it's really important for the publishers to use that in the right way and figure out the, the best way to, to build it. I think Xbox does a really good job of building out the fan fest and being authentically connected with the consumers. And we're seeing it with like the way the pre-sales go down, right? Like one company's talking really, you know, giving them all the facts and one isn't just dropping them. And so it not, not that that says anything about the companies, but it just says who, what are the best ways to kind of play off of kind of those marketing abilities that, that we all have and, and how are we leveraging it the right way and how are we really talking to consumers um, instead of talking at them, but talking to them. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, looking back to those, you know, Wizards of the Coast days, what was kind of like the very first sort of quote unquote, like hard knocks lesson you learned that uh, when it came to working in the gaming industry that I guess like nothing really prepared you for? Um. I don't, I don't think there was a bad moment. Before that, I actually worked at a place called GameWorks, which is an arcade, Steven Spielberg kind of arcade. Um, and I, that was my first job was working at GameWorks. So think of a 100,000 square foot bar and arcades things. And so that's really kind of where I started my gaming career before I got to Wizards. And that was really about just kind of learning to kind of manage relationships i think our the biggest kind of event that we had there was we actually had an in-sync come in and do a fan event wow. back in the day that was a moment um so i think it's um what i've always kind of learned is is relationships um it's a really small world like everybody in the gaming industry has been in the gaming industry before and so you as you move around it's it's like don't be a douche just be a good person work hard build relationships i think is a really kind of important uh message to, to young people in careers, um, you know, be good and authentic. You don't need to win every conversation. I think if you listen to Gary Vaynerchuk or some of the Gary Vee and some of those guys, it's, you know, you should be like 49, 51. You should be giving more than you get. Um, and that's how you build that kind of longevity of relationships. Mm-hmm. Building off of that perfectly then, I mean, like, you know, for maybe college student kids or college kids just graduating high school kids looking to get in the game early. Like, what do you think are some skills that uh, are both overvalued and then other ones that are overlooked when it comes to succeeding in the gaming space? Um, overvalued. Not sure exactly what's overvalued. I think experience is kind of a little overvalued. I think if you're young and you're just coming out of college, just you have to be willing to get your hands dirty. Right. I think millennials get a bad rap. Um, for kind of not working hard. And there's a whole bunch of stuff like that. Well, they were all raised by kind of, you know, by Gen Z's, right? Like, so it's the parents' fault. So it's yeah. the, don't blame the kids. Um, I think if you really got to want to get kind of into the gaming space, like go find the job that you that you want. Like, you don't, you know, it's, it's not that tough to get into the gaming space. You just got to start at the bottom. And so nothing's granted. You just get your hands dirty, work really hard. It's like anything else. Just kind of put in the effort, show the passion, um, I think is really important. I think being willing to 
um, to get coffee and take out the garbage. And look, I own the agency. I have a ton of employees. I'm the first one to take out the trash or clean up a spilled water. Like it doesn't like we're all kind of the same thing. And it's really just about kind of who wants to, who wants it more. And, and like, you can really achieve anything you put your mind to. You just have to be able to put the time and, and the hours in. It's, it's about hard work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, you know, this year in particular, very difficult year for so many reasons, but one of the big things, uh, uh, was, you know, you know, uh, just like a, a slew of bad allegations coming to light in the gaming industry, you know, obviously affecting numerous large AAA companies and even some smaller, but well-known indie dev companies. And this big cry for like, I guess, like, you know, where is the appropriate leadership? Where's the appropriate handling of situations like this in the gaming industry from your experience, Simply put, how do you feel you'd be a good leader in the gaming space? Oh, I don't know if I can lead all of that stuff. I, you know, I think I'm really good at kind of leading what I'm in charge of. Yeah. Um, so for my company, I, I mean, it's, I, you know, I said it earlier, don't be a douche. Like, just be a good person and kind of build it off of that. It's about relationships. Um, you know, I think we have a great team that work here and like nobody fights for credit and it's all about kind of what's what's the end goal and what are we what are we trying to achieve and so everybody is kind of marching same towards that same direction um i think that the the big companies that are facing some of the things you talk about is just more of the culture that they have to manage internally right like you need to get some leadership to kind of that can you know there's there's just kind of a movement in culture right now and yeah you can say that video game companies are having a bunch of problems but everybody's having problems right culture change and so you either catch up and, and, and kind of figure out where culture is um, or you don't. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to get, you're going to get crushed. Right. And so I just kind of be forward leaning, um, pay attention to what's going on in society, pay it, keep it, keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on and, and like be good to your employees and, and work hard. And I mean, it's to be honest with you, it's really simple. It's not that tough. Like just, mm-hmm. just work hard and be cool. Um, <laughs> And sometimes it feels like it doesn't trickle down all the way to the top. And so, I mean, that's, I think that's where yeah. we definitely have some of those problems. So like yeah. there's some companies that I absolutely love, they're kind of facing some of those problems. And so I really hope that they're, you know, they're cleaning house and doing the right things to get, mm-hmm. to get everybody back on the, the same page and, and get culture back to a much better place. Cause what everybody's going through, no one should have to go through that stuff. And so um, I'm hoping that, that that stuff gets, you know, to your point, gets addressed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. As a collective industry, what do you think is the gaming is gaming's role in I guess just improving everyone everyone's day to day life? Uh, I think that's a big ask of the video gaming space. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I think I think whether it's gaming or movies or music or comic books or baseball cards or whatever it is, I think it's people have passions, and so how do you let people kind of share their their passions and then how do you kind of promote those those people and their passions right i think that's the cool thing i think like influencer culture is kind of unique with like these big scale people at the top but i think the micro influencers are the most important people like how do you you know whether you have 50 followers or 100 followers like have a platform share kind of your thoughts and 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 i like to see big companies celebrate the the small people as well so i think Mm. you know what's what's really important for our industry is to make sure that everybody has equal access in in the game pairs it's almost like video games like right a new kind of weapon or new skin in fortnite if it's not balanced it's you know it's op a little bit and so how do you balance that out i would look at the same thing in the industry is like Mm. how do we 
everything balanced. You know, treat it like the games and, and make sure that everybody's. You know, if I if I gave you a weapon that was over overpowered, like your first, like the natural instinct is the first thing is to correct it and bring it down. So it's so it's a balanced playing field. And I think the industry needs to just kind of look at its spaces similar to that and just make sure everybody's kind of on even playing fields and kind of balanced. I mean, I came from EA, which is one of the biggest companies in the world, and they get their teeth kicked in a lot of time for, you know, for, you know, microtransactions and, and, and all those things. But you know what they're great at is the LGBTQ community and empowering women and raising kind of colored players, you know, African-Americans and all different kind of races within games. And they've always been kind of forward leaning in that stuff. And so I think there's ups and downs with every, you know, the, you know, they need to get their loot boxes under control, but I think the openness that they bring other people into the community, I think is really important. So I think kind of balancing that across, across all those brands, I think is really important. Chris, that's all the questions I had. Uh, thanks again for joining us on uh, the Everything But the Video Games Gaming Podcast. Good conversation. Uh, it, you know, it's always good to, to kind of catch up and talk to people in the community. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.